we are one week away from the Feast of All Saints, which, in a way, is one of my favorites. I have fond memories of spending All Saints Day in Assisi one year. We visited the tomb of St. Francis, we had a meal with the Franciscan friars there, and then spent the day walking the streets that St. Francis and St. Clair themselves walked. I was remembering that day recently during the beatification of Carlo Acutis. You've heard of him. He's the 15-year-old Italian who died of leukemia in 2006. He was an amateur computer programmer and created a website that catalogs all the Eucharistic miracles around the world. He's been named patron saint of computer programmers. He was beatified in Assisi, in the church where St. Francis is buried. I think I like All Saints Day because I really feel strongly about our universal call to holiness. If a 15-year-old kid who loves playing with computers can be a saint, so can I. So can you. Next weekend is the beatification of Father Michael McGivney, founder of the Knights of Columbus. He was a great man who did great things, but again, it was a simple idea. Let's take care of our widows and orphans. Anyone can do that. And so, this week, as we journey towards Halloween and All Saints and All Souls, think about how you can be a saint. How can you spend a little more time getting to know Jesus and letting Him know you? Whether you are working on computer programs or taking care of widows and orphans, say yes to Jesus' call to be holy. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. Hello, Billy. It's good to Hello. be with you again. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing? Working from home still? I guess because you're at yeah, home. Yeah, everyone uh, in Salt and Light, uh, we have a choice to actually working from home or working in, in the office. And uh, working from home is, I would say, sometimes it's very good because you have a uh, quiet moment you can do whatever you need to do but uh we will we have less social time right yes. so we we cannot see people you know in our dining room you know for those who actually come to in visit southern night you have to come to our dining room and we have a lot of discussion okay but on when, you, when you say dining room it makes it sound like it's this nice big room it's really just a kitchen <laughs> Yes. Um, so this is our social time, Billy, you and me right now. <laughs> we can awesome. have some social time um, yeah. with our listeners that might be uh, listening. They might be driving, listening to, this, to the Catholic channel, or maybe they're podcasting the show uh, because the show is available as a podcast uh, on, on, on various platforms, wherever people can uh -huh. podcast. Um, Billy, we have an all new show today. Again, Sister Marie Paul Curley is going to be back. She's going to be great. Really, yeah. Yeah. I, I, she hasn't been on the show since since the summer. Yeah. She's just uh, starting a new season with Windows to the Soul. She's going to be talking about a movie about a saint. There aren't a lot of new movies coming out, but really? there, are, there are a few. And this is a movie about a saint. You haven't heard it, so you want to stick around uh, in about 10 minutes, Sister Marie Paul. Will that be on the theater soon? It's actually going to be in theaters in the United States oh, okay. one day. Only one, one day? Only, I know, October 23rd. Seriously? Yes, um, but uh, it, it'll probably be streaming on, on various platforms after yeah. that. So, um, 
like like the Fatima film that I the think is, is streaming is going to start streaming soon soon as well if people haven't watched the Fatima film. Um, it's already uh, online. I mean, uh, you can rent it already. Yeah, you can rent it uh, everywhere. Yes. Yeah. On yeah, I know you can. So that's 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 good news, um, Billy. And then then you're gonna continue with questions about uh, the diaconate about right? you about you about me <laughs> personal questions about me um, about so de- that's about deacons. So that's gonna be uh, after windows to the soul, um, and then Billy in our second half hour. So yes, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about something a little more serious today. Um, okay, we are always serious. Do you have any idea, Billy, how many children go hungry around the world every day? Uh, I, I know. You know, this topic is actually uh, every year before the Christmas, you know. Before uh, Christmas, and we just had Thanksgiving in Canada, and Thanksgiving in yes. the United States is coming up next month. Um, I just read a statistic, and I, this is so hard to believe, that 800 million children, 800, 800 million, million children go hungry every day. Wow, that is so hard to believe. Um, wow, and and I don't know if you heard that recently. The United the United Nations World Food Program they won the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, so obviously, Four. this is also in in uh, in the minds of people uh, feeding feeding. There's a lot of hunger out there, um, but there's another organization, Billy, uh, that feeds about one million children um, in about twenty countries around the world. And you may have heard about this organization. It's called Mary's Meals. And Mary's Meals uh, was founded by a, a man in Scotland. His name is Magnus McFarlane Barrow. And I had a chance to meet him. He was, he was actually at Salt and Light uh, a few years ago. And uh, I, had to, I had the chance to, to meet him and to interview him. Um, uh-huh. He has written a book now, uh, to, a book that looks at, 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 at charity and what it means to be a generous, uh, to be generous. Um, so Magnus is going to join us in our second half hour to talk about the book and to talk about uh, what it means to be generous and 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 what it means to be what authentic charity is. So that's coming up. Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I was just I was just so quiet because after you said that eight uh, eight hundred million people uh, in the world children just I children. Mean children. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's so hard. I'm, I'm still shocked with the number. Is because of uh, when I go to the grocery store here in Canada, mm-hmm. a lot of food. And I know there, are, there must be a lot of waste as well. There's a lot of waste, a lot of food. And like today, Billy, I, I was transferring some, some files and the, the uh-huh. transfer was taking a really long time. And I was really upset. And then I thought, like, if that's my worst problem, that, that, that the transfer is taking a lot because my internet is slow. And and there are people who don't have any food, and yeah, that's something. It's it's very important for us to 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 remember that. So so that's why I'm very happy that we're going to be talking to Magnus, McFarland. You, you make me so so shameful because of I have a lot of snack just beside my desk right now. Yeah, well, just remember that that there are people who don't have any, and that we can always yeah. uh, there's always opportunities to give. Um, and then Billy, at the end of the show, we're we're reconnecting with Sarah Kroger. I know that she's been on the show so many times. We spoke to Sarah in June uh, about mm-hmm. the new album that was going to be released in the fall. Yeah, and the album is out finally. It is the fall, so so the album is called Light. And uh, Light? Sarah, uh, w- we thought that it'd be great to have her 
come back on the show to tell us more about the album and so we can listen to more songs from this new album. So that's going to be at the end of the program. And and a reminder, if people are not going to be able to listen to the show, uh, they can just go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash podcast. And you can listen to the whole show there. You can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast on Spotify or, or wherever you get your podcasts. And all that is thanks to Billy. Billy <laughs> makes sure always that, that thanking me. <laughs> show gets posted there on our website and on those platforms. Anyway, so uh, good show coming up today. So everybody nice. sit back, relax. Uh, Music. If you're, if you're not driving, close your eyes and listen to the show. <laughs> if you're driving, keep your eyes open, but you can still listen to the show. Um, Billy, we're going to start with a song, as we always yes. do. So here is a sneak peek, because this is fresh off the press, from Sarah Kroger's new album, Light. The song is called Right Here, Right Now. That was Sarah Kroger with Right Here, Right Now from her new album, Light. And we're going to be speaking with Sarah Kroger at the end of the program. And in a little bit, Billy is going to be back with us with more questions about deacons. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back. 
Oh, it's great to be back on the show, Deacon Pedro. I've missed y'all, but I've been praying for (laughs) y'all. Good. Thank you. And I hope you had a good summer. I did. A very nice summer uh, with, with lots of challenges, but also a beautiful summer. Yes. I am delighted today to talk about my fav- one of my favorite genres of film. Mm-hmm. Um, pa- uh, Deacon Pedro, do you like biopics? I can't remember if I've asked you that before. Yeah, um, I, I don't. Like I, uh, hmm. You know what? I think I would say that I like films that are based on true stories, whether it's a biopic or not. I've, and, and there seem to be a lot, a lot recently, just films based on true stories. Um, That's true. But, yeah. And I, I, I think they're also doing a better job at them, which is yes. really good. Biopics are one of my favorite genres. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Saint pick Saint stories being one of the sub genres of the of yes. biopics. But I am extremely picky about them. So I'm going to talk about two biopics. One is a small budget life of a saint. And the other I kind of stumbled upon looking for a family film. Uh, So the first one is called Two Crowns. Mm -hmm. It's a docudrama about the life of St. Maximilian Kolbe, the Franciscan priest who is known most for his offering to take the place of another prisoner at the Auschwitz concentration camp and dying in that man's place, but who actually had a pretty amazing life before that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, he's known as the apostle for Marian consecration. And also he's a personal inspiration to me for his evangelization through the media back in the 1920s and 30s and 40s early 40s um his entire life really deserves an in-depth treatment so this new film uh which came out in 2017 in poland and in polish but is now dubbed into english for the first time it does a good job of giving us some authentic glimpses of maximilian colby's holiness and his urgency to evangelize maybe his personality as well but especially i especially i think it does a good job giving us an idea of his great faith and his magnetic faith that drew others to collaborate with him in his mission. Uh, As a seminarian, of course, he formed the Knights of the Immaculata, Mm -hmm. an evangelization movement, basically, and that was where he dedicated his life. Uh, The Two Crowns is playing in theaters all over the United States for just one night, October 26th. And it's uh, all over the place. Uh, There are at least five or six uh, showings in Massachusetts. So Mm -hmm. if you're interested in going to the theaters at this time uh, with the pandemic, this is the one opportunity you would probably have to see this film on the big screen. Okay. The most engaging parts of the film for me were the dramatized scenes. But I have to confess that overall, the film does feel a bit disjointed, which can happen with a docudrama. You know, parts of it are documentary and parts of it are little dramatized clips. Uh, And also without knowing something about Maximilian Colby before the film starts, I think it can be confusing, especially at the beginning. It's not always clear what's the next step on his journey. Part of that might be, you know, the fragmentation of the story might be from the film's translation. It's dubbed into English. The dubbing job isn't particularly good. And I think the translation might have been rushed. There's a lot of problems with some of the some of the terms that are used, Um, especially I would like to mention one scene at the founding of the the, uh, Knights of the Immaculate 
where Maximilian Kolbe is talking about converting, the language used is very militant and he it kind of lumps all kinds of people and groups of people together in a way that's really not respectful okay. uh, of those individual groups. So I think that's part translation and partly a different understanding of the times. So mm -hmm. it's something to keep an eye out for um, in terms of the film. But overall, despite those limitations, I think this is... Uh, you know, I learned new things about Maximilian and Colby yeah. and was deeply inspired, not just by the sacrifice of his life at the end of his life, but all along the way. Mm -hmm. So if this Monday is not a good time for you to go to the theater, do look for it in streaming or releasing on DVD in upcoming months. And it's, it's called Two Crowns. Two crowns. So theaters, October 26th, Monday. Um, yeah, it's thank you for that because we think that he was, he's a saint because of how he died, but we have to remember that he's a saint because of how he lived. And there's a lot more than just what happened at the end of his life. So, yeah. so that's a, it's a great story. Thank you. He's so inspiring. Uh, mm -hmm. He's one of my personal, personal favorite saints. You know, he's just one of those, one of those that I really love. The second biopic is completely different. I was actually just looking for a good family film to watch something you know, that had some depth to it, but was kind of light. And I ran into this film. It's called Ride Like a Girl. Okay. <laughs> it's a 2019 biopic that j released this year to streaming and a, perhaps DVD. I don't know. Um, and it's, it's, it's your typical sports genre movie um, uh, about a, a young woman, but it has a couple of twists to it um, that uh, – the characters make very inspiring choices that I think are directly attributed to their Catholic faith, which is presented as a strong background or environment in which the characters live. So it's Ride Like a Girl is a portrayal of the true story of a young woman who grows up in Australia within her family's occupation of horse racing. Okay. Uh, she's uh, the youngest of 10 children. She was born in 1985. So this is all very recent. And the name of this young woman is Michelle Payne. And she, her great dream is to be a jockey, okay. which if you're familiar with horse racing, being a jockey is the most, or at least one of the most dangerous jobs you can have in sports. Mm -hmm. So women jockeys are rare. A winning women jockey, woman jockey is very rare, even in this decade. Right. Two quick things that I loved about the film. She grows up in a large Catholic family and mm -hmm. the way they portray it so authentically, like the kids all jumping out of the van, all 10 of them jumping out of the van to get to mass. Uh, we did that. I'm, I'm from a large family. We did that when I was a kid. And um, that really resonated with me. But the fact that the character's faith is just a part of their lives and obviously influences how supportive and loving they are to each other, even amidst real tension and difficulty. The father in particular, uh, Patty, is portrayed by, he's acted, uh, Sam Neill is, mm -hmm. uh, portrays him wonderfully, is a man of very deep faith. Uh, but okay. uh, Michelle's faith uh, is also on screen as well. Nice. And the second choice that the filmmakers made and this was amazing the her her she was the youngest and the brother next to her the second youngest child was born with down syndrome oh. his name is stevie stevie Payne, and the filmmakers made the choice to cast stevie as himself in the film oh my gosh this adds a whole and he does an amazing job this adds a whole level of authenticity credibility enjoyment wonderment 
and really a, an amazing pro-life tribute to the film. So wow. I, this film goes way beyond just offering good role models. It offers so many values and it's, it's, for the family, it's a pretty good film. There's some intense scenes. We're talking horse racing. Yep. Um, people are injured and uh, somebody dies. Um, there's okay. there's uh, there's a few adult references, but done in a way that a young a younger person would probably probably just go right over their head. So um, a good family film Sounds that offers great. a little bit more. And Ride that's like a girl. streaming. People can find it streaming at various. It's platforms. streaming and it's on several platforms, okay, so great. I don't think so you'll have trouble finding it. Ride like a girl, and then two crowns. That's playing in theaters on October twenty sixth. Thank you, sister. Um, thank you very much. Um, I, I'm going to look up look up that uh, that Ride Like a Girl uh, movie. Sounds great. Um, good to see you. Good to talk to you. Thanks for these uh, tips today. Yes. God okay. bless. Take care. You too. Sister Marie Paul Curley. She's with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. And you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com. And you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Hey, this is Ali Alia, musician and speaker. And you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour is available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the Salt and Light Hour and take the show with you wherever you go. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies! With Billy Chan. Billy, you're still thinking, yes. about, you're still thinking about 800 million children, right? <laughs> yes, I was on... You know, I, I, I Googled yeah, Mary's Meals Google. already and it only costs you, what's $26? $26.40 per, per, Canadian. Per meal? No, I'm, yeah. no, 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 per year for a kid, right? Yeah, um, that's what the website says. Absolutely. And we're going to be asking Magnus about that uh, yeah. at the end of the show. So actually just in the second half hour in, in a little in about 10 minutes. So if people want to yes. stick around, I'll be talking to Magnus McFarland Barrow of Mary's Meals uh, about that. Okay. But you want to so, talk about? Deacon. So deacon. Uh, last time we actually know uh, why do we need a deacon and, and uh, uh, in historical uh, events that we had deacon before. Yep. You know, so now my question is, what uh, what what you guys do uh, in the <laughs> church? <Nothing>. So, <laughs> so, so I can see sometime a deacon can give homily. Yep. Uh, sometime a deacon uh, always uh, standing in front of the church to welcome people and never see the priest. Sometime, so oh. we, all, we we see maybe the priest is was is busy. I'm He's not busy. Yep. blaming them, right? I mean, but yeah, we see deacon as uh, yeah. So yeah, what, no, and you're right. And sometimes people never see a deacon because because not every parish has them. And in some countries or some dioceses don't have deacons. Uh -huh. And sometimes you see a deacon, but you don't know he's a deacon because you can't tell the difference with what we're wearing. Sometimes yes. it looks very similar to what the priest wears. Um, so what does the deacon do? So if you remember from last week, I told you that the original deacons were ordained yes. by the apostles to take care of the widows and the the Greek the Hebrew speaking Greek widows and orphans. So those were the marginalized people in the day. And that continues to this day. So the deacon is like the, the, the right hand of the bishop in serving the people who are marginalized and, and who are not, who are in the peripheries. Um, so very often you will see deacons doing ministry in prisons, in seniors, yeah. in hospitals. Um, Homeless. I, I like to think of it as, the, the priest is there for people when they come to church, but the deacon goes out to the people who cannot come to church. So, so that's another oh, way to okay. see it. 
Um, but he's, the he's a kind of outreach, you know, he's kind, a kind of, of outreach. kind of like, yeah. So we, we do ministry to the marginalized in, in Toronto, in the Archdiocese of Toronto, for example, there's a deacon that does, has ministry to at, at the ports. Actually, I think he's a Chinese deacon. You might know him. Um, he does ministry to yes. when the sailors come, the, the ships come into the port in the Harbor. Yes. He does ministry to the sailors. So why? Because they don't get a chance to go to church. They don't belong to a parish. They're always traveling. They're away from their families. So they're, they're in the peripheries. They're, they're groups that are marginalized. So that's what the deacons do. I, I do ministry with migrant workers that come up from Mexico mm-hmm. to a parish area. Again, they're far away from their families. They don't mm-hmm. speak English. They, they work seven days a week. And we do what we can to, to minister to them when they have pastoral needs. Um, but mostly, like and, I said, and, and, it's and hospitals. And also you speak Spanish. Too, and I speak so, Spanish, uh, yeah. yeah. So, but mostly, mostly is hospitals, senior homes, uh, uh, prisons. Um, mm-hmm. But we also have a role to play in the liturgy. So in the liturgy at Mass, the deacon is the minister of the cup. So that's why... Uh, the, the he the the we 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 prepare the the altar we prepare the cup we hold yeah. the chalice um and the minister and the deacon is also minister of the word so as minister of the word the deacon always proclaims the gospel so if there's a deacon the priest never reads the gospel the deacon always reads the gospel if there's a oh. bishop the bishop never reads the gospel i don't know if you've ever noticed that there's always yeah. either a deacon there should be a deacon if there's no deacon a, a, a uh, an assisting priest will do it. Um, the Holy Father, the Pope, never reads the gospel. It's always a deacon. Um, but because we are ministers of the word, we can preach as well. And that's why you see deacons uh, uh, preaching, proclaiming the word, in uh, doing homilies. So that's, that's a little bit of what we do. Yeah, so during the Mass, um, the only thing that a deacon cannot perform is the consecrated of the youth uh, okay uh, um, host, right no, no not not necessarily so during the mass there are different roles uh for the presider so the presider is always a priest yeah. so during the mass it, it has to be a priest who presides the deacon cannot preside the mass um mm-hmm. as it comes to as it pertains to the sacraments um, and that's what you're referring to. There are the, the, the deacon is an ordinary minister of baptism, so we can baptize. Mm-hmm. Deacon uh, can also officiate weddings, marriages. Oh, okay. Um, but the two sacraments, so the to, to cons- consecration, the Eucharist, that has to be done by a priest, uh, and confession, reconciliation, mm-hmm. uh, it has to be done by a priest. Um, as well as anointing of the sick has to be administered by a priest. But I the see. Can, we can baptize and we can officiate weddings. And you can also, okay, so, uh, okay, so the stupid question here, okay? Tell me, really, tell me, tell me question. question. Okay. So, uh, whenever I go to um, uh, St. Joseph Oratory and uh, you buy, you, you, you will always try to buy uh, uh, a cross. And you want to bless the cross, and you want to yes. you, to bless all kind of like rosary and all all the pictures that you bought from from the shop from the boutique. I can bless I so, can bless all of them for you. Oh, you can do that too. Yes. So the deacons can. Yeah. So we are we are ordained ministers of the church. Okay. We are clergy, um, and and as such, we can bless. And the blessing that that I can give is the blessing of the church which is different than a blessing that you could like, Billy, you could bless your wife or if, if our listeners, they have children, a lot of parents bless their children. That is a personal blessing. Whereas mm-hmm. the, the blessing of an ordained minister is the blessing of the church. So the house, 
blessing the house. You can do that yes. too. Yes, yes. Bless houses, oh. bless cars, bless pets, bless and religious objects. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing that all the time, actually. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Okay. So basically, you, I would say a deacon is uh, more like um, uh, uh, a worker for the church. Actually, yeah. it's a frontline worker. Actually, yeah. deacons are frontline workers, and uh, yeah, uh, we are we are ordained. We are clergy, but there's also because of the life we we live, and and because we have jobs that are outside of the church. Most of the, most of us, we are kind of like have our one foot on this side with the laity, yeah. and one foot on the other side with with the ordained ministers. So it's a great it's a great uh, it's a great ministry of the church. Good. Thank you. Thank you. We Lots will have more questions. questions about that next time. Go. Yeah. And if people want to find out more about the diaconate, there's tons of uh, blog posts that I've written deconstructing the diaconate on our website, saltandlighttv.org. That wonderful website put together by Billy Chan. Billy, thank, thank you. you. Lots of good questions. Uh, Billy Chan, he's our webmaster uh, here at saltandlighttv.org. You can follow him at B. Joe Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, The Art of Giving Generously with Mary's Meals founder Magnus McFarlane Barrow and a featured chat with Sarah Kroger. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Every day, almost 60 million children miss school because of poverty. They have to work or beg or scavenge for food. Many millions more go to school hungry and are not able to concentrate and learn. That is the focus of Mary's Meals, feeding children in a place of education so that they can learn. Mary's Meals was started by Magnus McFarlane Barrow in Scotland after many years of working for another organization that he and his brother started, Scottish International Relief. Now, after almost 20 years of feeding over a million children every day, Magnus has written a book about charity and generosity. It is titled Give, Charity and the Art of Living Generously. And to learn more about it, earlier this week, I spoke with Magnus McFarlane Barrow. Magnus McFarlane Barrow, is good to see you. Good to speak to you again. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thanks so much. Great to be speaking to you again, too. So I think we have a little bit of an idea of what Mary's Meals is, what you do, but, but can you tell us in short, what is the, the, the mission of Mary's Meals? Sure. It, it's a very simple mission. Uh, it's about providing one good meal uh, every day in, in a place of education uh, for the world's poorest children, many of whom miss school because of hunger, because they're working. Um, so by serving that meal through the local community, uh, we, we meet that immediate need of the hungry child for food, but at the same time, we enable the child um, to come to a place of education where they right. can gain that, that gift that can set them free. Right, exactly. We, we, uh, it's hard to learn on an empty stomach. Um, and the statistics? Uh, well, we're feeding uh, 1.6 million children oh, yes. every day. Uh, so un unfortunately, today there are probably about 120 million children globally wow. uh, who would benefit from Mary's Meals. About half of them are out of school and hungry, and another half, another 60 or so million in school, but too hungry to, to learn. And, it's, and this is Canadian dollars, but it's about $26 to feed a child for an entire year? Why is it so cheap? 
Yeah, $26.40 is what it currently costs us on average. It varies a bit from in different countries where we work, obviously. Mm-hmm. The main reason it's so cheap is virtually all of the daily work of Mary's Meals is done by unpaid volunteers. You know, if we just think about Malawi, the country where, mm-hmm. where this began and our biggest program, we have over 85,000 Malawian volunteers who are cooking and serving uh, those meals as a gift, as their contribution uh, to this mission. Um, the, another key part of, of that cost, which always sounds hard to believe when people first uh, hear it, is that uh, we're really committed to buying the food locally to support the local mm. farmer, to support the local uh, economy. Uh, and, and, you know, as we've grown to, to, to be feeding that very large number of children, uh, we're buying food uh, locally at a particular uh, scale. And that's a very cost efficient way of doing things as well as benefiting the local economy. And of those, those $26 a year, $26.40 Canadian dollars a year, how much of it actually goes? Because you're, you're still operating out of a shed, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm speaking to you from the shed now. Uh, we're being a, being a very mean Scotsman. Uh, but we, we have a, we have a, a self-imposed rule um, that we will spend at least 93% uh, mm. of our funds directly uh, on the projects, directly on the charitable uh, projects. And because we know when people entrust us with a gift, they, they do that to, to right. ensure children are fed, not, not for us to do other things with it. And how many countries are you working in? So currently uh, working in 19 different countries, deliberately choosing uh, the countries where there are the biggest numbers of children suffering uh, malnutrition, uh, the biggest numbers of children out of school because of poverty. So many countries in Africa, we're in Haiti, we're in Mm -hmm. India. Uh, So a big variety of countries, but always that same simple mission. Wonderful. Um, You've written a book. This is your second book, correct? Um, it's called yeah. Give, Charity, and the Art of Living Generously. Why did you feel it was time to write uh, another book? Well, a couple of reasons, really. I mean, you know, over the years, I just feel this huge sense of privilege, really. I didn't plan to do this work. Mm-hmm. You know, God asked me to do this in a very unexpected way. Um, and, and all the years since, you know, one of the great privileges I feel of doing this is repeatedly encountering the goodness of of people like heroic goodness startling acts of charity in all kinds of situations you know and in in lots of different kinds of places and cultures um people who are rich people who are very poor uh all finding ways to give to to help their neighbor uh, somehow you know, and every time we see something difficult happening in the world, even now, this experience we're having with the pandemic, we invariably see this this um, wonderful human response. This thing that I think uh, points uh, to the to the beauty uh, of uh, the wonder of the of the human being. Right. And and so that's been my experience. And 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 then at the same time, over these years, um, sadly, I I, I see. How, how, how sometimes charity or charitable organizations at least sometimes um, have a bad reputation, sometimes even uh, in a small number of cases become the cause of scandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are persistent questions that never quite go away around, around charity and how it's organized, how it's administered. Um, and, and I think that makes me very sad because I, sometimes I think that can diminish 
charity, that beautiful human virtue. So I, I wanted to write a book to to not shy away from some of those difficult issues that charities face, um, but, but more than that, to try and uh, elevate um, this wonderful thing that is charity, to shine mm. a light on it, and, and to do that very largely through um, sharing true stories, things right. that I have experienced and encountered over the years. Right. Yeah. And you, you specifically qualify charity as uh, there's authentic charity, but you also call living generously an art. Why is living generously an art? Well, I, I again, going back to that sense of privilege, I, I feel, you know, I, as I say, I've met just so many wonderful people who have, um, who have developed uh, a charitable outlook people who've really learned to give of themselves I, you know i think for most people that isn't just something that you're just born with of course we have different personalities and certainly personally i feel very much still as a as a beginner on this journey but something i observe is that the, the people who i've met over the years who are the most charitable who've really learned to give of themselves on a, on a regular basis are invariably also the most joyful people I, I've met the happiest people, the people who are who are most complete. You know, I think they're the people who've become uh, the people that God made them to be. You know, and 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 so 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 there is a sense of journey around this. I think if we want to be people like that, we need to 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 set off in a, in a determined and, and deliberate way on mm-hmm. on that journey into charity. Right, and you don't have to have a lot to be generous. No, that, that, that's for sure. You know, and, and I've seen that so often. And I think that's probably been some of my most humbling experiences as meeting who, people who have nothing, you know, who are maybe, mm-hmm. you know, facing a daily struggle to survive. You know, I mentioned earlier those 85,000 volunteers who, who cook and serve the meals in our, in our mission. Nearly all of those are people who face, who face hunger, who face right. question marks about how they're going to feed their children tomorrow. And, and yet they're choosing to give the gift that they can, which is time mm-hmm. um, to, to help the children of their uh, communities. And I see that in, in all sorts of, of wonderful ways. So yeah, I think one of the wonderful things about charity is it's not, not something that's, that's uh, a possibility just for a few people in particular situations. It's, it's in reach of, of all of us ev- every day, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I would think that your hope for the for the book or for readers is that they will dig deep down inside and find that that uh, 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 desire to be generous. But uh, do you have any other hopes for the book or for the readers? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I think uh, I, I think that that, that that definitely that it encourages people on that journey. I've I, I've talked about that might it might give some pointers. Uh, you know, it it might. It might remind people just how wonderful human beings are, because we definitely live in a world where we we read a lot of um, depressing stories about mm-hmm. about humanity. You know, and again, I feel in these days we're living right now, these very particular days, that things in a way feel a little bit more stark. You know, those choices uh, for the good or or for the bad, to look outwards uh, or to look to look inwards. You know, so I I hope this book might encourage people. Uh, in their in their choices uh, around those things, I hope also it 's a book that provides guidance in a in a particular way for those of us who find ourselves as stewards of of charity mm. find ourselves organizing other people 's uh, gifts because some of the book is is devoted to my experience of of that task as as well right 
Well, Magnus, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for writing the book. Thank you for the work that you do and, and for telling us about it today. And uh, it's been really good to talk to you today. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Always is. And yeah, th- thank you for talking to me again. Yes, hopefully uh, when this is all over, you can come back to Canada and we can uh, have a meal together. <laughs> I look forward to that very much. All very right. much. Take care. God, God bless. bless you. Bye-bye. 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 Magnus McFarlane Barrow is the founder and CEO of Mary's Meals. He is the author of The Shed That Fed a Million Children. His new book, Give, Charity and the Art of Living Generously, can be found wherever you get your books. You can learn more at marysmeals.org. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Sarah Kroger, with I Will Say Yes, from her new album, Light. I'm sorry, Lord, for holding on to Surrender, I surrender to your will, to 
That was Sarah Kroger with I Will Say Yes from her new album, Light. Now, we last spoke with Sarah Kroger just in June this year, and uh, she was still working on the new album, Light, but we got a sneak peek of two of the new tracks. And well, Light is now out. And so we thought it would be super good to listen to more music and to talk to Sarah Kroger about it. So I'm just happy to welcome Sarah Kroger back to the Salt and Light Hour. Sarah. Thanks for having me. I feel I very privileged to be on so I soon know. after the last time. Twice, <laughs> twice in one year and just a, a matter of months. Um, so you know what? I'm, I want to talk about the album, but I, I read something okay. that you sent me that I didn't know about you. And I want to ask you about it. You, it's you, in your little, little Q and a bio thing that you sent. Yeah. Um, it says that you're passionate about writing songs about remembrance. Hmm. Why? I didn't know that about you. <laughs> well, this is a really interesting thing that I've been praying into. Um, just this idea that worship really at its basic Uh, premise or basic form is just songs of remembrance, right? Because I feel like I'm a very forgetful person in a lot of ways. I need to be reminded constantly of who I am in the Lord and who God is Um, because this world is bombarding us with what that we need to basically just all these crazy ideas of like that we have to achieve or accomplish things in order to be known or loved or seen, but really at the basic at the basis of everything is our identity as the beloved children of God. And so that's really what I feel like worship is all about is just songs of remembrance. That's interesting. Cause that's a, I, I, I don't know if you've heard this, but that's a very Christian, like mystical and, and it's very Jewish too. the whole concept of, rem- I mean, the mm. anamnesis of remembering of, right. of, 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 I mean, we don't remember the Eucharist. We may, it's made present again. So in that sense, uh, that's just, I'm going to, ha- you've given me some food for thought there. I'm going to have to meditate on, on that for a bit. And I'm that's sure we'll beautiful. talk about it again. Um, I, I know we spoke about the album in, in June, Light. You were still yeah. working on it. And I'm curious to know now that it's out and you probably feel like there's this weight off your shoulders. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you feel differently about it now than you did in June? That's a really good question. And it's something that I've been praying through, honestly, um, leading up to this album release. I think one of the biggest things that I keep coming back to is, is the fact that um, God knows <laughs> far more than we do. <laughs> and in the sense for me, like I, I never, ever anticipated releasing an album called light in the midst of a year that feels so dark, right? Right. Like I never planned for that. That wasn't the plan. I was praying about what this album was going to be called and light just kept kind of coming up in prayer. And so we were just like, all right, let's lean into that. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't know why I knew a lot of the songs had this kind of thematically like light mixed throughout. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of leaned into that, but I really feel like God is trying to speak something through that title for a very specific reason in my life, at least. Mm -hmm. And maybe in the lives of others is just remembering, reminding us (laughs) of the light that even in the midst of a season that feels so dark, um, the light can't be overcome and will never be overcome and will never leave us, you know? So I've been really praying into that. Yeah, and again, it's such a such a Christian message. Um, yeah, it, was there anything different for you in 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 this album in terms of either the process of of 
producing it. I know you, you had some collaborations, songwriting collaborations, but also in, in producing. Uh, what, what was different about it for you? Yeah, so I had three different producers on this record, actually, mm -hmm. which was definitely different for me. I'm used to just working with one, um, but it was really fun creatively. I feel like in all aspects, whether through production or through song arranging or just the songs themselves, writing the songs, um, I wrote with like every writer that was on this record was new. I had never met them before. So there was a lot of newness in this, uh, in this album uh -huh. that I feel like really translates through the songs and just the energy and vibrancy that's on the record in general. It's just very, a lot of light. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting. I think, and I think I said the same thing to you about bloom. If you remember a year ago, was that a year ago? Just a yeah, year ago? Just over a year ago. Yep. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That, that there's a freshness, you know, it's like, yeah. it's a Sarah Kroger that I hadn't heard before yeah. um, in a good way. And I yeah. think part of it is because you're working with different writers, but, but also yeah. not because they're bringing something new, but they're, they're bringing something out of you. That's new. Totally. Yeah. I think in the last several years, I've been able to find my voice in a way that I hadn't when I was younger from with my first two albums, I was very new, had no idea what I was doing and didn't really know what I wanted to sound like or, or what I wanted to communicate. I was really relying on other mentors in my life to kind of help me with that. But this process has been just a process of finding my voice in a new way. So it's been really fun. You're getting old. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm in my thirties. So I guess that's getting old. Wow. I know. Um, um I, uh, I saw in your new website, by the way, sarahkroger.com for people Very to check snazzy. it out. People should um, check it out. You're, you you and your husband are, are doing some fun projects or a project for Advent. Can you tell us about that? We are. Thanks for asking about that actually. Um, so we wanted to, my husband and I do a lot of ministry throughout the year. Um, normally mm -hmm. in non COVID times, he's a speaker and I'll lead worship. Um, so we'll, we do a lot nice. of parish mission type things. Um, but it really wasn't on the docket for this year for obvious reasons. And, mm -hmm. and, but we still wanted to contribute to the church. We know that there's a lot of churches who have seen tithing going down because not a lot of people are coming back right now. They're still nervous about being in churches or not able to. And so we wanted to be able to offer churches the opportunity to offer something still for Advent. And so we pre-recorded um, an Advent mission and they have nice. the option of either streaming it as a one night thing or as a four night, four nights with the season of Advent. And we also open it up to families. So individual families can have so access can to it, it as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, so. And people can go to your website and find that out. So, yeah. so it, it's your husband and it's Dom, Dom Quaglia. Dom Quaglia. Um, he does the speaking and you're doing some of the worship. So there's music as well as yep. teaching. Okay, great. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. So, and yeah, then there's written material that goes that to goes with deeper it. reflection for the week. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah. I can't let you go without asking you, because I know you guys are always writing. Are you already thinking about the next? I don't want to, I don't want to like already start yeah. thinking about the next one. Cause we are barely just listening to the, to this one. No, now. I get it's it. It's good stuff, but I, you know, something to yeah. look forward to, you're already thinking about what's next. Well, there's a lot of things in the works. Um, for me personally, I'm taking a little bit of a break right now. I just feel like my brain is a little bit all over the place, but okay. I'm a part of a worship collective called Village Lights. Um, okay. That's brand new. It's with me and Ike and Dolo and Ricky Vasquez. Okay. Yeah. 
Catholic artists, and uh, we recorded three songs last month, and we're going to be releasing those in the new year. So be on the lookout for that. Okay, good. So lots of good stuff, actually. Yeah. Ike, Ike is one that I have never been able to get on this program, so maybe this is the, oh, the excuse. Totally. Uh, Let's to, do uh, it. Yes, yes. Send, we could do trivia up. with Village Lights or something. Oh, that would be fun, <laughs> the three of you together. Exactly, I know. There you go, Sarah's alluding to our listeners that might not be familiar with a show that I'm hosting called Make a Joyful Noise and uh, in its Catholic trivia. And she did so very fun. well, I must say. Oh, gosh. It was a lot of fun. We learned a lot that day, that's for sure. Yeah, anyway, definitely. Uh, <laughs> um, Sarah, it's good to, good to hear from you. Good to see you. And Thanks uh, for having me again. I'm, I'm really glad the album it. is out. It's good stuff. And, and uh, I hope our listeners uh, enjoyed the tracks that we played today and that they want to hear more so they can check you out and uh, get the album. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, as mm. always. You're welcome. Take care. You can learn more about Sarah Kroger and get her album, Light, at her website, sarahkroger.com. That's also where you can find out about the Advent uh, retreat that she's doing with her husband, Don. Um, And to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, if you are not able to, go to saltandlighttv.org slash podcast. Here now is Sarah Kroger with No Fear in Love from her new album, Light. Listening to Sarah Kroger with No Fear in Love from her new album, Light. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at saltandlighttv.org slash podcast. You can also listen to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And also follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Salt and Light TV. And while you're there, look for me, Deacon Pedro, and send me a nice message. Next week is the beatification of Father Michael McGivney. 
So we'll be speaking to the family who received the miracle that led to his beatification. So you don't want to miss that. That's next weekend on the Salt and Light Hour. I hope that you're all keeping well and staying safe. Let's keep each other in our prayers and take care of each other. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. We'll be right back.